What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Mississippi Pizza Pub. And within Mississippi Pizza Pub is the Atlantis Lounge, which is a great music venue here in Portland, Oregon, in the historic Mississippi neighborhood of North Portland. Um, They offer all sorts of types of music at this venue. It's incredibly inclusive in that way, from rap and hip-hop to jazz, singer-songwriter, international music. I've seen belly dancing happen at this venue. All kinds of different music. And uh, one of the great things is many days, there are two shows that happen. There's an, there's an afternoon matinee show, often on the weekends, and then a later show in the evening. And the, the cool thing about the early shows is that they are all ages shows. So great opportunity to bring the younger people out, maybe your kids or your younger siblings. It's a, a cool place, and, and a lot of times those uh, early shows are free shows. And uh, they're just big supporters of all styles of music in this community. It's a, it's a great room, and, and for the artists looking to book shows, it's, uh, it's one of the fairest rooms to, to the artists playing those shows as the 100% of the cover charge goes to the artists playing, and that's, uh, that's not something that happens all over the place. So um, a great spot if you're looking to book music there. The information is on the uh, Mississippi Pizza Pub website. You just get in, in contact with Dan, who's a great dude that does the booking there and uh, is, a, is just a big supporter of, of local music and, and making sure that, that all types of music are, are offered there on a regular basis and supports a lot of different communities. So shout out Mississippi Pizza Pub. Um, they also have a really cool speakeasy style type bar in the back of the venue, which is rad. I don't think everybody knows about that little uh, that little getaway room in the back, which is which is awesome. And uh, not only do they have music there regularly, great music there regularly, they have some of my favorite pizza in town. So if you're not going there for music, go there just to get some pizza. They're open late. They uh, offer all kinds of uh, vegan and vegetarian styles of pizza and slices. So lots of options for uh, folks that have dietary re- restrictions or, or choose to live that, that plant-based life. I'll tell you that my favorite pizza there is the Spicoli. That's, that's a pizza that I get down with, and um, that's on their full pie list, so... Go to Mississippi Pizza. Go check out some music. Uh, go grab some some awesome food and uh, go support a place that has been uh, supporting local music here in Portland for a long time, and is uh, continuing to do so by supporting this podcast. So much love to Mississippi Pizza Pub, a place that I've put on a bunch of shows in the past and and have attended quite a few there as well. So super stoked to have them on board, and uh, let's do the damn thing. Let's get into this uh, episode of the cast.
What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. If you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, give the podcast five stars, say a few nice words, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts and making it more visible visible for strangers to find and, uh, you know, just making it so uh, it has a little more visibility nationally and in some cases internationally and gives more exposure for all the folks that come on the podcast to uh, share their art or their stories or their music and whatnot. And uh, you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances, live show performances, a short documentary on a band called Tribe Mars. And just yesterday, Hidden the Feed finally was the first video released from these uh, these Doug Fur filmings I did back in November. We had a killer billing of uh, strange hotels, Gold Casio and Autonomics back in November. And uh, the first Autonomics video dropped, the Junk Food Vampire Jam. And uh, that is available now on the YouTube channel. So click subscribe there as well. I'm going to drop the other two Autonomics videos this coming Monday. So stay tuned for those. Super stoked how those came out. And uh, the Strange Hotels and Gold Casio ones are on their way as well. So I'm, I'm excited to release all of those as well. So definitely check out the YouTube channel. DanCablePresents.com is the central location to find everything at DanCablePresents on the old Instagram. We got some uh, some some shows coming up, some big ones in April, April 13th. Helping throw this uh, another PDX music video fest, which is going to feature 26 music videos. We got the playlist going and... Uh, stoked for all these bands that are that are involved with that and then we have a killer night of music right after all the music videos play it's uh camp crush sam densmore and uh skull diver so that is going to be on april 13th at the clinton street theater it's an all ages event which is uh which is killer i don't get to throw uh too many of those so it's a great opportunity to bring out kids or younger siblings or uh just for all the the folks out there that are trying to see some some bands that usually play in the over 21 venues. This will be a uh, cool opportunity for you to come see some awesome music. And it's uh, also just going to showcase a lot of, uh, like I said, 26 local artists are going to have their videos featured on this uh, on this playlist. And it's going to be on the big screen there at the Clinton Street Theater. So that's going to be awesome. That is April 13th. And then the next week, excuse me, April 20th, the 420 Fest that I am throwing. I'm really stoked about 420 Fest this year. And the lineup is crazy. Tribe Mars is playing. High Pulp is playing. Super Secret Band. Weed. The lineup is killer. It's only $10. It's at the Cider Riot Riot Warehouse over there off of uh, Couch. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a banger. Four amazing bands, 
So I'm really looking forward to that 420. It's going down. I'm really trying to get all of my shit situated here. I am uh, I'm a week out or so from embarking on my first international travels. I'm heading to Spain here on April 2nd, going out for a couple weeks. I'm super stoked, but uh, I just feel like there's a lot to get in order here for leaving kind of for two weeks and with the hopes of uh, kind of not having to deal with with too much on you know as far as communicating with people through emails and whatnot about different events and uh just business stuff in general i'm really kind of trying to use this trip as an opportunity to to decompress and whatnot and and kind of uh you know just kind of take a break from all all the things that that keep me so busy on a regular basis and i love doing those things but i think it's uh it's nice and it's important to to kind of take a break and and catch the old breath every once in a while but uh don't worry i'm not going to be missing any any episodes i've got those planned out and episodes are going to keep coming out through these fridays that i'm going to be gone so don't you worry about that i'm not going to leave you hanging but uh also there's going to be some episodes that uh i bring back from spain that's going to be one of the coolest things about the the travel is i'm going to do a podcast or two while i'm out there with uh some bands from barcelona so i'm really looking forward to to bringing back those conversations and 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 having that experience i'm super super grateful for all that um we should get into this episode rather quickly though because it's a lengthy one we uh we approached the two-hour mark probably with this episode, and uh, on this episode, on episode 154, I had B-Boy Merck on the show, and uh, Merck is uh, a part of the, the Portland B-Boy community here, and he, he hosts shows, and he you know puts on jams, and he also travels outside of... Uh, Portland and the Northwest to go participate in uh, these sessions and, and ciphers, if you will, and and, and other places to uh, to compete in, in battles. And um, I met Merck through my friend Alex. You might know him as as Dusty Fox. He's been on the podcast a couple times. Very talented MC and uh, visual artist, um, amongst other things. And I asked Alex to to sit in with us on the on this as kind of a, a co-host because this is um, my connection to Merck is is through him, and I thought maybe he would offer some some different perspective and insight on uh, on who Merck is as a person and and just kind of uh, you know just some some more insight into the hip hop experience because a lot of the uh, the b-boy community is is also wrapped up in hip-hop and in other music communities but they they definitely go hand in hand and um merc is just a, a really impressive dude and i i got really curious over the last month or two of of hanging out at uh merc and, and fox's house where they 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 are roommates and so I've had the opportunity to get get to know Merck more and more every time I go over there, and and uh, I've just become 
more curious about this whole b-boy world so i I wanted to to jump on the mics with them and and try to get a little bit of education and, and find out you know why why this uh why this art form is so important to him and and what it's taught him and all of the cool relationships that that he has formed through it and and how he is uh you know how he's given back to that community that he he has so much pride in and whatnot so it's awesome to uh to jump in with him and and just gain more insight on you know something that i don't have a lot of knowledge about but you know through having this conversation there's just a lot of parallels with other things that i love so i just really dug this conversation and and it's uh it's it's just rad to find out that they're they're all they're kind of are all these connections between things and people often seem to uh do things for similar reasons even if they are um in a completely different realm of the the creative world you know whether it be music or or visual art or even talking to Merck about the the b-boy stuff it's it's still all like a very creative process and and expression but it's also one that's uh extremely physical and um seems to just be kind of all-encompassing so it was uh just rad to talk to him and i just have so much respect for this dude and and after after the lengthy chat um alex and i we went and got some we got we got some food and on the way there i was just telling him uh how impressive somebody like merc is to me because he's he's only 24 years old and and he just seems to operate with a, a maturity that i'm not sure that i um understood at that age and um he just seems to really be taking in this experience that he's had from uh getting himself involved in in the b-boy community and and really seems to be able to acknowledge how special it is and and appreciate it on a different level so we're gonna get into this thing all right Please leave your iTunes reviews. If you're digging what you're hearing, you're listening on a regular basis, it's a great way to take the next step in supporting this thing. And uh, I would appreciate the fuck out of you for uh, for doing so. And I already appreciate all the folks that are that are just listening. You know, even if you haven't taken that next step, even though it's free to do it and, and it only takes like a minute or two. Um, you know, I still I still appreciate you and, and I, I still have love for you. I'm still sending you a hug, you know, I'm sending hugs out everywhere they need to be sent to. And uh, you don't have to leave a review to get one, but but you can. This is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is you can. I'm going to leave all the uh, the links to um, to everything going on in this episode will be in the episode notes. The links will be in the episode notes. That's how you say that. And uh, you think 155 episodes in or so. I would uh, figure out how to say that regularly more often. But the links will be in the episode notes. And uh, we're going to kick it off with some music because, you know, this is primarily a podcast that's based around music, so I'm still going to feature some tunes on it. Um, Coming up on March 29th at the library, we have uh, a very great show with with Brizzleman. And I feel like there's a lot of buzz around town about about this dude and the performance that his band puts on 
So we're going to kick it off with this jam. They're playing on March 29th at the library with uh, Corey Hebner's band. Corey Hebner has been on with Two Planets, who was mentioned in this episode. So Corey Hebner's band is opening up that night. And then Brizzle Man, who is, uh, you know, it's just some some pretty outstanding funk music. And uh, if you want to dance, you should come out to this because that's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a dance party once Brizzle Man takes the stage. Let's get into this thing, man. That's March 29th at the library. We got episode 154 coming at you with B-Boy Merc. And we're kicking it off with the Brizzle Man tune, Day and Night. Let's get into it. I'm losing sleep. She's on repeat. pretty stoked for this man usually this podcast uh primarily revolves around music and, and different aspects of that you know i've had like some aside from musicians i've had some like label heads on and uh Dope. just some people that work in different aspects of the business and i've had a comedian or two on but um i wanted to you know have you on today to to talk about b-boy culture and fuck yeah because that's dope. that's your jam and uh, we got we got Fox here with us. Hello, the artist formerly known as Dusty Fox. Big up to Fox. Um, and and I was kind of messing with him before um, coming over here because he didn't know that he was going to make an appearance as as maybe a co-host or just an extra voice on this this episode of the cast. But I asked him to do it because um, he's the reason that I know who you are. And uh, I I first saw you, um, you know, like breakdance if you will at at one of his shows and, and that was uh that was also like the first time i'd ever like been exposed to that that culture like at a live show like i went to this hip-hop show and all of a sudden there was breakdancing going on like it's like what the fuck that, is happening that's really as real as it gets you got the like f- that's the full experience right there is is a dope hip-hop event there's breaking hip-hop in some form 
maybe you just there was just some dope music because Fox was probably on stage, and then I had to jump in the cipher, you know. So, hey man, it's it's an honor for me to be on your podcast, man. It it's the first one I've ever done yeah. ever. Yeah, no, and and just the uh, over like the last month, I've hung out here a couple times and, and gotten to to know you a little bit, and uh, which has been cool. And last time I was over here, you were just kind of you know fucking around on the floor yeah, over was, here like was, doing some uh you know putting in some work yeah some some exercises little, if you will little stretching light stretching and no i like to mess around here we're we're blessed we got a wood floor and um yeah man just been just been still messing around here you know what i mean just trying to get my training on and keep it rolling so got to keep it pushing yeah that was kind of uh when i realized that was that you know, this is like something you do, like or, seriously, and and that you put a lot of your your time and energy, I would assume, into. And yeah. it wasn't like, oh, this dude just happens to, uh, you know, to break dance or whatever right, at right. shows. You know, it's not like it's not just some gimmick. This is something that uh, you obviously invest yeah, yourself in. I mean, I fucking love it because if if I didn't, I I wouldn't keep doing it. And uh, it's almost like some weird curse at this point. It's been like 13 years of my life doing it, like keep on trying to get better, you know, in an aging body, <laughs> which is pretty dope. I mean, I, I don't think I can even say aging body yet, but, you know, it's I'm starting to feel it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would imagine that's something it, it's incredibly physical. So I would imagine that it kind of falls along the lines of of the. uh the athlete timeline almost, you know, mm-hmm. like professional athletes can't play too deep into their forties. You know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a whole thing of, of trying to beat time and how much, how Fuck. many things you can accomplish within a small window where I feel like music, um, or like maybe more visual art. Yeah. For you sure. Can, you can make something dope in your sixties. I feel like, for you know, sure. you know that, you? that's interesting, Dan, because, uh, I always feel like, no one really wants to hear a white dude rap anyway, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> including me, and uh, and and no, and definitely no one wants to hear like a fifty-year-old white dude rap. So, so I know I got like maybe nine months left in the game. Damn, but, dude, man. it is all relative, huh? That is that is a fact. But what about like the the flip side? Like you're also an incredible graphic artist and and visual artist. Like what? That's my fallback. I mean, that's that's something that no one seems to be judging too much on that's true the the actual i don't know yeah the person behind it and their that's true that's my physical characteristics yeah if i don't if i don't uh blow up and uh and get offered like one or two decent shows in portland in the next six months i'm just gonna quit <laughs> rapping and, and fall back on art no i'm clowning uh this isn't about me this is an interview from Merck. <laughs> i wanted to say that i did want to interject real quick and I'm, I'm not going to talk too much during this podcast um one thing about Merck that he's not going to say because he's a very humble person um it's more you know in terms of bringing up the fact that this is not just something that he does it's really part of his identity um it goes beyond just the the physical art form too what he's done for the culture in this city um and the the breaking community is something that i've really recognized and noticed i mean he throws jams he hosts jams he hosts uh other breakers to come stay at our house when there's 
jams or battles going on. So he really puts on for the culture, and he's known, you know, and he's a young dude, in, in my opinion, you know, because I'm old as fuck. But uh, he's not old as fuck. But he's a young dude, you know. He's he's in his he's in his uh you know he's 24. So, um, Hell yeah, and bro. and to you be that young, yeah, and to be that young, and to be to to be so respected both in in this city and outside of the city throughout the Northwest is something that's really dope. So I just want. Hey man, to, I I hella appreciate that, bro. Yeah, hell sure. yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah I mean that was another reason I wanted to have you on just because last time we were here hanging out, you were talking about being up in another city and, and oh yeah and uh you know just yeah for sure i i, I mean i think it's a b it's it's cool because like the b-boy thing is like you know for me it's like really keeping that positive side of hip-hop like whether you know like it's still raw as fuck and you know shit gets crazy but like there's a side to it that i think most of the world isn't really kind of exposed to you know they they see hip-hop quote unquote or they even see break dancing quote unquote or rapping or whatever and um sorry i had to keep this the guy. mic up this, See, it, this is why i brought you to here like th- an extra thank producer you, thank and you, bro. shit is like please talking to the mic no, so but, these um, people can hear you no, it's you, you know it's one of those things like i go to i go to seattle and and people put me up you know and you know i don't know these people and they're cooking me food or you know like at first it's kind of like that and it's kind of like this b-boy um like code almost to like take care of one another that's why i really i think I've been in breaking for so long since I was like 11, you know, because I've seen that around me. People always kind of helping me and pushing me. I feel like it's one of the elements that really cares about the youth because it is such a young, it is such a young thing. Like think about, you know, kids dance, kids dance all the time. Kids will like, you know, jump on the ground and stuff. I think that's another thing is breakers, you know, start really young. I know a lot of breakers that end up being DJs and MCs later getting into the art or vice versa, you know? And I think it's because it's just using our vessel to kind of, you know, show that hip hop, you know, whether that be, you know, hip hop is making real connections, you know, it's, you know, I, I go to your town, you know, I, I see your guys' style, you know, that that's a part of me now, you know, not I'm not biting or anything. I'm not taking moves. I just, you know, see a different perspective on breaking or life or food, you know? Yeah. yeah, just like going to see some local bands within your community and seeing like what kind of performance they're putting on, you know, that should obviously like informs yeah, exactly what you do. And it's not it's not necessarily like like stealing from it or anything. It's a, like if you see something that's that's rad, like a lot of times you kind of want to recreate it, I think, in your like in your own voice um, and I think it's I think it's I think it's really interesting to go outside of your region to go and and see what the For music real. scene is or like the art scene is because it all seems to have a different vibe from city to city at least major city to major city you know Hell yeah just uh, groups of different styles and you see how different you know people are or the art or how the art is but you also see a lot of similarities you know, and it's kind of cool because Portland's this like small, big town now, I guess, you know. So like it's cool because I got to feel what Portland was like as just like this like small town, you know. We have history here of music, dance and everything, but just still relatively small. And now it's almost feeling like 
it feels like New York in the 80s or something, man. It feels like opportunity is really out here and like it's super dope, you know, just to go to other places like, you know, you just go California, you know, small town, you know, you might go to Sacramento or San Jose or whatever. And, you know, people really, people really share that kind of the mentality to just, you know, share their culture. And uh, I think it's something really cool to bring a piece of Portland with me to represent, whether that be in breaking or, you know, whatever I can do, you know, but hip hop has became like this cool vehicle for me to meet people like you, you know, like I, you know, I, I, and I really care about this shit. That's why I'm in the hip hop community, not just the breaking community, like to meet MCs like Fox, you know, to meet, you know, cool people like Dan, you know, the moose, if you didn't know, (laughs) then you lose. Yeah. The moose. But it's fucking dope, dude. I just meet, I feel like it opens the world to me. It's like this, gift and a curse thing yeah man i think that's uh i think that's why this podcast has been so fun and it's just it's just really like if you're willing to go out and actually try to connect with somebody i I think it's uh i don't know it can it, it opens up a whole different avenues and shit you know like we're here because i ended up linking up with fox here and uh and we've gotten tight and then now now we're here you know hanging with you because of that that connection you know and and it's just wanting to be around like-minded people and people that are kind of grinding on things and not necessarily just uh doing the normal nine to five straight ahead thing and trying to do some things outside of that word have an impact on maybe a different community or whatever yeah, man. And I super appreciate it, too. Like I said before, this is like low key and honor high key now that, you know, everybody's <laughs> going to hear it. But, you know, I because I know, like you said, your podcast is like a music podcast. And I think all breakers and B-boys want to be is a part of the music. That's our we the music came first. You yeah. Know what I mean, and then the dancing came after. So that's why it's even called breaking, you know, and um because the breaks of the beat and even and that, and that goes beyond even hip hop you know we're talking about drums we're talking about like a link to like tribal culture and and just the communal culture and how we basically it's like church and that's why yeah like hip hop is such a good vehicle for that because that's that that is like the roots of the hip hop is like the fat beat and Fuck like yeah. what what's gonna make people move and yeah obviously you can't have the breaking without the, the music and exactly. it seems to go very hand in hand and, and lend itself to the hip-hop culture which is really interesting because i mean obviously there's you know there's plenty of of opportunities to to break to like boom bap like straight ahead hip-hop but a lot of the a lot of the tunes that that the people are breaking to are like throwback funk and soul tunes Yo, not even hip-hop tracks like they're, sure. they're it's like source material that hip-hop producers sample that y'all are getting yeah. down to so it's like for me when i was first getting into going to these jams and these battles uh with you and some of the other homies you know yeah three four five years ago that was one thing that kind of caught me by surprise initially because like i you know understanding that um breaking is part of hip-hop culture and then like i was expecting you know like 
93 EPMD till or something. Yeah, or exactly. Fucking, yeah. Like I was like, oh shit. And then I went there and it was like just a bunch of James Brown and and you know Stevie Wonder I cuts think, and stuff. Dude, was, no, I dude, I fuck with that because then that's when people like really see like what breaking is about. Because a lot of times I'll go to I'll like teach somewhere and they're like, hey, like, how, what type of music do you have? Like, do, like, will it have any? Like, isn't it hard to? find hip-hop music without profanity or whatever you know like they're just they think i'm about to put on a rap track and we're just gonna like get down to that with a bunch of kids you can expose kids to a bunch of fucking gangbanger shit yeah like, no <laughs> no exactly or you know what i mean there, there's so much there's so much funky shit like with bass riffs and fucking you know what i mean they're you know jimmy caster you yeah. know what i mean like and and i think that's another thing that's dope about hip-hop is it's like appreciating your predecessors like respecting respecting your elders on some shit like w these records are like from people that contributed to our culture you know what i mean yeah it's, it's just a it's just a lack of understanding from a lot of people that there is all of that wrapped up into hip-hop fuck i think but when when did you get exposed to like the b-boy culture and get interested in, in dancing in general damn well I'm Vietnamese, so the the earliest dancing I ever saw was like lion dancing, like the, like for New Year's. You know how you see the like, the there's like two people under like the blanket. They have like, and that's like pretty acrobatic. So that was like I think the first time I saw like the big drums and kind of like my cultural, because uh, you know both my parents are from Vietnam, so like it was kind of my cultural uh, view into the dance world per se like just shit happening at my church or whatever. And then uh, later on, I think it was like watching like, you know, you watch like the Macy's Day Parade or or something. There'll be like people like, there'll be some breakers in there. Or maybe there's like a spring break uh, in Cancun type shit. And there's background <laughs> dancers breaking like for real. Like this is when I first started like, yo, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. And just kind of getting the, you know, understanding of that. And then just, I think appreciation for like breaks early on like it's weird but like you think about like nelly hot in here that song let's think about it everybody hot. everybody take some time to to yeah go go look at hot in here there's hear a crazy you can pause break on this it. right now you can put hot in here on there's a right crazy now. break on it with a crazy guitar like it was it's it's a pretty funky break and like even back then i knew like oh this this shit is dope you know but it wasn't till like Oh five, oh six, when my older brother Michael started breaking first, so because he was in middle school and we're like a couple, I'm a couple years younger than him, so he kind of got, you know, he's he's in big boy school like learning learning some new shit, and I think that's around the same time you got served, actually came out too. You guys remember? <laughs> you got served, man. You got served was honestly a big like influence for I guess kids like my generation like. 90s babies that kind of saw it later on yeah. and then there was that kicking well, it old school with jamie kennedy well because there was that whole show too america's best america's best dance crew so you think you can dance yeah and and yeah it seemed like it, it got trendy for a little bit and then they started making those movies like you got served and whatnot yeah i was like what the fuck they're like battling for money and people are dying <laughs> like this shit is crazy <laughs> But but what a lot of people don't know is too is there's like legit b-boys in that movie like that are doing crazy moves like signatures and and like those are like legit b-boys that were, that were in there you know of course it was Omarion and Mark and Houston 
Mar- Marcus Houston, you know. For sure. So, you know. like, once you start seeing it and you're exposed to it, like, when do you... Do you do you yeah, start just fucking, fucking around with moves or or I probably did did the worm first. Just I think there was an earthquake drill and we were all under our desk and I just started fucking around doing the worm, just just trying to be funny. But I but I did a full worm, like forward. Yeah. Naturally. So I was like, okay. And then I kind of saw my brother my brother do, you know, break and you know, he's wearing headbands, everybody's wearing like double XTs and you know, um, and then I kind of, you know, learned more about breaking. YouTube was very new, so there was like very few breaking videos, and it was just usually the same, usually the same ones you'd see. But um, I just kind of got into it. You know, my brother was teaching me, you know, and I was like just doing handstands. It took me a while to really build like real breaking foundation, but at first it was just like having fun and just like really fucking around. Yeah, when you were. When you were just fucking around and having fun, was there like aspiration though to want to like be a part of a crew or compete in some way or get to do it in public and, yeah, and for put sure. on? Yeah, I think I think early on it was like something like really cool, I guess, like in a time where you're like, you know, wanna fit in or like wanna be a part of something, you know, wanna get attention from girls, what have you, you know what I mean? So it it seemed like a it seemed like a really cool thing, you know. But once I got started and I really got to see like these crews battling, I saw footage. You know, the Koreans were were super good at one point. Yeah, they, dude. They, they still are too. And I'm saying at one point it was like they just were like taking over the world. You know what I mean? And like they're still killing it. But back then, seeing that and like seeing other Asians like wreck shop all over the world, I was like, "Oh shit, this shit is possible." Yeah, dude, that that's some. Uh, so like, I don't I don't know anything really about the community or the culture of of b boy stuff for the most part. You know, like I've I've seen it, but I yeah. like I don't know anything about it. So you know, I wanted to do some sort of uh, gearing up for this, so I watched a majority of, uh, of Planet oh, B-Boy last shit. night. And I don't know if that's, like, something that you feel like is a good representation of the culture yeah. or, or at least something, like, that offers some history, but I, that was one thing that I recognized. I was like, oh, there, like, it does seem like there is, uh, like, the Asian community really takes pride in being the top break dancers Wild. in the in the world and and that's what i saw like just a lot of champions from korea and in japan yeah. and and yeah just all over asia and that that shit was uh it's it's crazy and and the the weird thing is too like i probably like early on i kind of you know didn't know too much about the depth of the history at first so i saw that and i was like you know looking at those guys going crazy. It took me a, a while later to really come back to the history of where it came from, which is here. You know, it came from came from the US. You know, it's basically yeah. I got the New York yep. hip hop scene that that all yeah. erupted. It's basically a native it's basically a native American art form in a way. Cause it's native to here. But you know, with with sort of links and cultures that influenced it you know there's a big latino influence you know puerto ricans and um you know dominicans and people people like that in the bronx at the time it was a melting pot you know so like i had to do my homework later to really 
learn more about this kind of like um kind of going into the history learning from people like Ken Swift this is you know one of one of the innovators of the game you know original rocksteady crew and uh you know he was really talking about it like the Bronx back in the day was a melting pot there was not only you know there was Asians there was you know Irish immigrants there was you know Puerto Ricans all kind of all kinds of people so this it's been like a universal art form since the beginning like it was already multicultural in its you know in its essence so like it was only right that it went worldwide and and influences from other culture you know later brought their their representation of breaking or you know how they feel about breaking or rap or graffiti you know so really went worldwide yeah which i'm i'm kind of curious about because um uh, I mean, I, I first got into, I was always interested in, in rap, but I never thought I could do it, you know, um, or like I wasn't confident enough, I guess, to try until, um, you know, I guess the end of high school or whatever. But, um, you know, graffiti, I, I just from watching Style Wars um, and seeing like, yeah, there were white graffiti writers, there were black graffiti writers, Latino graffiti writers. Um, and knowing that that was, that that did like was it was it was very multicultural from the jump yeah um i'm wondering but you know like with that being said especially in 2019 with the political climate that it is and i'm not i'm not saying hey this is a bad thing or whatever it just yeah. it is what it is like you know a lot of people are, are getting accused of cultural appropriation in hip-hop mm -hmm. um and maybe rightfully so um but you know kind of one of the one of the things that people say is if you're not of this culture um typically meaning uh, certain demographic of people right like black and latino primarily that like you're you're appropriating or or you shouldn't be participating maybe as much and i'm wondering and I, and knowing that that's in music and and like i said you know um i'm not i'm not endorsing it or, or denying it or whatever either way uh, saying it's not, a good or a bad thing yeah. but i'm curious um it's something that maybe for me it hasn't seemed like it's been as prevalent in breaking. And so I'm wondering, this is a two part question. I'm wondering, is that true? Like, is it something that exists in breaking where like, let's say an Asian B boy or a white B boy gets called out and said like, you're, you're appropriating. Mm, um, and then, okay. and then why is that? It's like, if it's not, if it's not in there, why do you think it's not in breaking as much? Or if it is in there, like what, what, what are the differences kind of, as yeah, to music. I don't think I don't think it should be like exclusive to to like any race, honestly. Um I think I think it's sort of like sort of like a people don't know better type thing cuz if you're doing it with the right intention, how could that be appropriation if you're giving it the most due respect that that you bring, you know? So I I think some people are really misguided in their judgments in that in that sense because you know there there are legends and it does not pertain to one exclusive race you know what i mean in in every element of hip-hop like you can name somebody you know that innovated the game or whatever and i think in breaking uh, i'm not sh i'm not so sure it's i think it's just i think it's because we're very much you look at like like rap nowadays like I, it, it seems like it's a lot more kind of uh, kind of like 
every, the rules got bent a little bit. I think there's a lot of checks and balances in breaking. You'll get called out quick if, if you're doing, if you're, you know, disrespecting the art form, whether that's biting, you know, you're taking someone's signature moves and using it like it's yours, trying to get props for it, you know, or if, you know, um, if you're, you're not breaking. Like nowadays, you know, hip hop music is such a crazy, such a crazy I don't know. They labeled it and and made it something that it's not because, you know, hip hop music will always be, you know, the real shit emceeing, you know, all these young beat makers and every and everyone that's doing it, you know, props to them, props to all the MCs. I think I think it really comes down to having those checks and balances and like, where is that with, like, I'm not so familiar with the rap game so much, you know? So it's kind of weird for me, but I do see these opinions, you know, whether it be on Facebook or whatever, like people always, people always want to kind of argue about, you know, whether this is real hip hop, if somebody's appropriating hip hop and some of it is rightfully so, but we can't just be like, man, if you're not this, you're not hip hop. You know what I mean? I don't think that's cool. But, but does that happen to the break game as well? Like, are you ever at a battle and someone's like, that dude doesn't belong because of his ethnicity or whatever? No, I don't know. No, I I, I don't think so. Um, maybe, it, maybe it is happening. Maybe they're like, what's up with this kid with the glasses in the cipher? <laughs> and why aren't his glasses falling off when he's breaking? It's because they're a size smaller. Speaking of himself, <laughs> yes, yep. it seems yeah. like it seems like part of that from an outsider's perspective, someone who you know I don't break, uh, yeah. but a lot of my homies do, and you know, like a couple years ago, we went to freestyle sessions, and I got to see like I got to see a lot of a lot of dope break. We, we got to, not to cut you off, but we got to, we got to meet Cool Herc too. Get to meet Cool Herc. Fox, was, Fox and I met Cool Herc in the parking me. lot. Nice. I slipped Cool oh, Herc a, a USB <laughs> copy of my album. <laughs> you like, did. What the fuck is this? Uh, I should have given funny, it to man. him on wax, but I didn't have any. You're not in the game if you never gave your tape to Cool Herc. That's right. <laughs> um, but I, but my my take on it just as an outsider looking in is like it's way harder to fake the funk in breaking. Like uh, yeah, you that's the, that's kind of like what for sure my my feelings are yeah. towards it. I mean you can have someone ghost right uh a killing 16 for you and you can and they can show you exactly the cadence to go in the booth and and spit it. It might not sound as cool as if they did it, but you can go in and be like, "Hey, you know, and same with graffiti like visual art is so subjective. I've seen a lot of graffiti that coming from like that background and I'm by no means do I even consider myself like any sort of OG in the graffiti game. I just fucked around with cans for a bunch of years when I was a kid, but like I didn't, I know people that like literally live, live and die for that shit. So I'm not even trying to like claim some hey, shit. But you, know? but you got mad styles too. Like, thank he, you. He, he's being humble on the mic. Thank yeah. you. Um, but you know, I know people that, that really live that life and I'm not really living that life. So I'm not trying to fake that either. But with breaking, I mean, you can't deny, like you can either, you can either do, I don't know. I know a windmill is like the most. If you can't do a windmill, then you like you can't there's, fake it. There's, you know, you can't there's do no an easy. There's no easy it. props. That's that's for sure. I, I think that's one cool thing about breaking is like, and nobody's gonna make fun of you if you're like starting and beginning. People actually wanna people actually wanna help help you get up. I think that's the cool thing about breaking is like people, especially in your scene, you know. And we've been just real fortunate in Portland 
to have a bunch of teachers that take pride in their scene and want to like really want to teach and really want to help us get better. I think that's the dope thing is like we want our city to be on top. And how do we do that in a age that I mean, in, in a art form where age is such a like a, you know, constraint, you know what I mean? Like it's really like we have to be we have to constantly build. Because in five years, who knows how many b-boys will have families and other things or other aspirations that they want to do. You know what I mean? Like, what's what's going to happen? So we always have to kind of look out for the next generation. Yeah. Would you would you say, like, in America, it's still, like, pretty underground, like the communities, you know? It's underground, but I think right now it's also, like, some of the most commercialized it's ever been, too. Just I because mean, of, like, things like YouTube and things like that to... Things like YouTube, Tune into. and then there's like a lot of competitions with big money nowadays that's sponsored, you know what I mean? Like things like that. Yeah. Like corporate sponsors and stuff like that. A lot of grassroots folks are still doing work, you know, like trying as hard trying as hard as they can to preserve, you know, the culture um, in its truest form, I would think. That's how I want to do my jams. That's how I want to build with people, you know. But I think... There's an underground and then there's like, there's definitely like another side to it now. You know, they're, uh, I think they're really close to putting it in the 2024 Olympics. It's gone through, it's gone through like a couple phases right now already. So are there like moves within like a competition that like are the equivalent to like moves that like someone would do on a skateboard then or something like there's like actual tricks of some sort and and things like that because i know i don't know like skateboarding's going in the olympics yeah and um i think so either that or i'm just like spouting off bullshit but i'm I'm almost positive that they are putting skateboarding in the olympics yeah i think so but i don't know skateboarding has been something recently that like i've always admired people that could skateboard but most recently i've uh I've just been going heavy into like YouTube channels and I, I just watch a lot of skateboarding now. I think it's the like one of the most impressive I love skateboarding. Like things just because there's no attachment to the board and shit and it just really blows my mind the way that these people can control a skateboard and then like yeah. the the tricks are insanely next level and I just I love listening to like the perspective of a skateboarder. And I think it's maybe just people in individual sports in general because their journeys seem to be much different than those of people that come up playing team sports. Yeah, You know, they sure. really have to seem to rely on themselves to propel themselves in their careers and whatnot. And obviously they they have some, uh, some help along the way. But Dude, I have so much respect for skating. And I've, I've always, honestly, RIP to Jake Phelps too. Yeah, dude. That's he's he's someone that I like. His passion for skating is what I want to do for breaking. You know what I mean? Like, and then also, I wear these frames my whole life, and and he's got he's got some sick frames too. So he helped me see the vision for twenty twenty. You know, <laughs> but but skating like I've yeah. There there's moves in breaking like you know there's like windmills flares. There's vocabulary for sure. You know, it, it's it's just like dance vocabulary. I think it's it gets really deep because you know there's just different foundations in breaking. So there's a lot of moves. There might be a move we call in the Northwest, and it's called something else in Texas. 
or a freeze, you know? Okay. Yeah. But it's it's sort of like a similar language. But also can very much be like maybe judged similarly to like a gymnastics thing too. It's crazy. It's like dance as well in that form. It's it's so it's one of the most like physically like versatile things I've ever tried to do in my life. Like, you know, you could be a great power mover and have like amazing moves that could be, you know, real dynamic and something you see in the gymnastics, but it's like are you a smooth dancer? Do you have do you have footwork technique? Like like all these things, you know, so you can never I feel like you can never f- fully master it. So you always have to to go after it and like the crazy thing is like yeah, it is really like uh, it is mad acrobatic and dynamic, but there's just a lot of technical small stuff in breaking that takes a lot of time to learn. For sure. Does that make it as much of a mental thing as a, as a physical thing then? Totally. Just because of the the minor technicalities and how how smooth you have to get with those things? Yeah. I think I think for sure because and also in a battle too, not only are you breaking in front of people watching you and judges, but the guy next the guy across from you is like, "Bro, you don't fucking got it." So it's a constant mental game. Like, how are you going to compose? You know, how do you how do you compose yourself? And really, the reason why I, I love to practice so much is I want to be able to practice in the circle. It's just going to be like a session. So so I try to session with people like I'm at a jam. You know, I try to like, I try to. It's like you know playing all that chess till you get the chess tournament. Yeah. What what is the uh for someone that doesn't know anything about this the like the breaking community what what does a session look like Oh man could look like so many things I I think it's cool you brought up skating cuz I I always wanted to skate but I was scared Me too, dude. I was scared as fuck I was playing travel ice hockey and I like there's no way that I could have uh like gotten hurt skateboarding and yeah that's what I thought too But also like that that's also like some bullshit that I tell myself <laughs> Because I was doing that and I was super committed to trying to be like a really great hockey player in high school and whatnot. But I don't know. When I get on the skateboard, it's really hard for me to gain any confidence to go at a certain speed. And every time I try to learn a trick or even Ollie, like I'm scared to just leave the board. <laughs> like to be you honest. You skated, right? <laughs> uh, I can't even front and act like I was good at skate. I, I like to cruise around and go fast, but I, I was I was big into snowboarding when I was like younger. So okay. that's why I was just like, I'm comfortable being on a board and going downhill, but I'm I'm more on the, the like the Bart Simpson cruiser board stuff now because I can't risk getting I can't risk risk getting hurt either. Yeah, I mean you're captain of the Portland Pinecones, really right. respectable hockey team, semi pro, semi semi pro. <laughs> yeah, dude, these um, guys won a championship, hey, man. You know what? Thanks, Merck. Appreciate the shout <laughs> Thank out. You. Um, yeah. We're on the road back. Hopefully, um, we did lose. This a is a complete sidebar. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. I thought. I've only been on a snowboard once, and it was a long time ago. I was 15. Yeah, and I I really want to go again. Let's go, and, dude. And uh, I have I have some gear you can use. But I felt like I picked up on the snowboarding quickly because of the use of the edges. Mm-hmm. I think that shit is similar to the use of the edges on the on the the ice skates. Yeah, that's a good point. I think like, that's a good the point. The way you have to use them to stop and stuff. Like I when I got on the board I was like, "Oh, okay, like this is how you stop then." Yeah. You know. I, I can totally see it, it 100%. It made a lot of sense, but um 
on the note of, of skating too and breaking, um, and kind of like, you know, breaking as Merck mentioned, you know, it's getting really commercial. So like one of the big events right now, maybe like arguably the biggest event is the Red Bull BC one, which is like, Hell yeah. Uh, uh, this is a break break competition? It's kind of like the one-on-one Super Bowl of breaking. Yeah. And I'll it's, say it. It's hosted by Sway, you know. Uh, it's like sponsored by... It's sponsored <laughs> by... big host Sway, come year. on the podcast, yeah. Sway. <laughs> big hey. up to Sway. Sway does have all the answers. I would love... Yeah, that's bucket um, list for this podcast for sure. Yeah. Uh, but so so breaking is... Um, it's There's a lot of money that's getting put into breaking, which I think... Merck, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like a blessing and a curse because a lot of people looked at breaking like as this 1980s, early 1990s thing that people didn't do anymore, which of course people have been doing it this whole time, but it's been a subculture. So like, you know, Brenda at the mall didn't know a damn thing about it because why would she, right? But now breaking is getting back into the mainstream and into the spotlight and a lot of money is getting thrown around. And I'm sure that like with any other subculture where there's an influx of money that can be looked at as a good thing in some ways and a bad thing in other ways. But, um, the, the reason I bring it up is because, um, similar to skateboarding, there is such a distinct style to breaking into, to B boys and B girls that even extends outside of the music. Like, Having known these dudes for so long, I can kind of tell now who like the breakers are just based on the clothes they were. Like you might see someone wearing some skate gear, and know like, oh, that dude probably skates. Like, for real, but yeah. like if I see, and I'm not talking about like Adidas tracksuits or anything like that per se, like anything right. cliche. <laughs> but Although you're that, not not saying exactly. That either. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But like you go to a jam and like you can just tell like people aren't dressed all the same, but there there's like an aesthetic there for sure. And I think that's where there's that fine line between this thing being clearly a sport and it's like the sport of hip-hop the, the physical manifestation of hip-hop but it's also such an art form it's it's it, the yoga of hip-hop yeah it's the yoga of hip-hop it's the it's it's a you know there's a subculture to hockey you know for sure and we're we're familiar with some of the nomenclature and the dudes I rocking. fuck with hockey a lot too. I just wanted to say that like it's dope. <laughs> it's it's dope to hear you guys talk about hockey and then me getting the insight to like live vicariously through your guys's like hockey adventures. But like it's like I fuck with hockey a lot. I uh, you know I tell you to tune into a, a a really good podcast about hockey. But Are you talking about you know, the between the chickens? pipes between the pipes okay. between the pipes hockey hockey um, podcast. Dan Cable presents Dan, between the pipes. There's only three episodes and it's been a couple <laughs> the months. Second, maybe the second episode is my favorite. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I've always, like, I've always taken pride, I think, playing hockey because I, um, just, it's, it's one of the few sports where you have to, you have to learn a different skill before you can play. Like, you, ha- if you can't skate, you can't play. It's a wrap. Yeah. And, a- and I think, I think that that's, that's what separates it from a lot of different and sports. And you guys do it. You guys love to do this. You guys like have a passion for it. Like you guys do it for the culture too. So like that's why I've, that's why I, I like love hearing you guys talk about it. I don't know. I don't know if I do it for. I don't know uh, about doing even, it for the culture. Even if you're not doing it for the culture, you are because you're doing it because because you do because he's the moose. You know what I mean? Like uh, this is this is Dan Cable the moose man. He's Dan Cable. He won the Moose Johnson Memorial moose, Ernie. Exactly. Trophy. Ernie, shout out to Ernie. And 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 like I feel like just being the best goal goalie you could be is doing is doing justice to the culture. 
you know what, dude? Um, yeah, it hockey's wild. Um, Just and, because and, and, it, it's yeah. it's completely like my relationship with it is completely different than it was when I was a kid. And I loved it when I was a kid. It was that was my shit. I, it was four times a week. You know, it was like two practices, two games, ice mostly, some roller, like all of it. But um, I, I really the, wanted to answer your question about the session too. I, I realized. Oh, we we're gonna we're gonna get back. Tangent. We're gonna get back to everything. It's all good. We're I'm, we're, so, I'm so sorry. This is the this beauty is, of the the podcast is like yeah. this can go as long as we need it to go. Oh fuck! Okay, this is so new no, to me. Gosh. There's no timeline here. So about about why we play hockey and maybe why Merck breaks, you know, like the reason I play hockey, I need that shit. I need, if I, if I work and I'm grinding cause I'm, you know, I'm running this business and I'm trying to, you know, I got this day job right now without I'm about to quit. Don't tell my <laughs> boss, but I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, yeah. there's, there's nights I'm working, you know, Swag. for days that I work 16 to 18 hours straight. Like I eat and go to sleep basically and wake up and do it the next day. So it's like, having that on Saturday to know like for an hour, I'm just going to physically exert myself to the maximum potential. And I think that's got to be similar to, to the reason why people break. Like we need to move our bodies. If, and yeah. if we're not doing that, at least me personally, in some capacity, preferably every day, you, you, it starts to take a mental toll, you know, and to have something that, is both a physical release and an artistic release, which breaking definitely is. I think hockey in some ways can be, but breaking more so, you know, and skating more so and stuff like that, where you're, you're like able to be creative with your athleticism, I think is such a gift to have. It's crazy, man. Yeah, dude. And I, I think the you're right, like with the with the hockey and some other sports too. I think I think hockey allows like for a lot of any sport like allows for creativity. That's how the game gets innovated. You know, when when someone started doing the spinorama in hockey, like that's creative as fuck. You know, yeah. And when someone started dunking from the free throw line, like that's that's yeah. insane. Like Broke that's barriers. that's as that's as creative as someone making the dopest beat of the week. You know, mm -hmm. for sure. So yeah, I no, know. I it's I think you're right. Like it's it's really therapeutic. And that's how I go into sessions now. Like, it's therapy for me. Like, you know, like, it's my sort of escape. It's like, yo, I can go and do this. And it's like, people at my nine to five don't, you know, might, might not, you know, might not ever see me break over there. But I get to, like, live in my own world. And, um, and a lot of those sessions, I, I see people, it's for, the, it's for the same reason. Like, you know, everybody has their own life. But we love to do it because we, we really need that shit. For sure. What is a session, though? Uh, what is, it's, what it's is a session? It's basically <laughs> a practice. I used to, dude. See, it, we're going back. It's okay. Fuck, dude. Back, I mean, I used to say, like, I used to say, like, hey, who's trying to session on Facebook? And everybody thought I was trying to smoke, right? But, well, that's also, you, you know, you what, know what I mean? I mean but but it's 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 it was funny because uh, yeah basically a session is just a practice it's just it's just like just people getting together to getting do together this. training it, you know maybe it's you and your crew like hey let's hit hit up a session maybe there's an open session somewhere where everybody goes uh, I go to twenty four hour fitness is every competition a, like the format battling is that how things work like what See, are the it, avenues oh, okay. that you can go yeah. about with well, with like a crew or individually so a lot of times you know at jams nowadays there's a 
breaking contests, you know. So it might be it's a competition. So it's a battle. There's three judges, you know, reputable judges, maybe OG from the area, OG from a town nearby, and or you know, just three three judges. Sometimes there's five. But um, th there'll be a breaking contest, and that's just like a battle. Like you know, the announcer's like, "All right, let's three rounds each or whatever," and you, and you battle. And are we talking about like two different teams or multiple be, teams, or is it usually? It's cool. Like, it's cool because it's so versatile. It could be a one on one. It could be a five on five. So you could enter a competition just by yourself. One on one. And if this it's is a one -on -one. like an individual competition. Yeah. All right. Or, I mean, and then I think the biggest part about the jams is the ciphers that are, that aren't even the that that's not even a part of the competition, because that's how the original battle started. Was like, yo, you know, like you you want to see some dope shit, and then it's like, oh, you, you think you could smoke me? Boom, I'm about to smoke you. Because it's just for the passion, and there's no like Basically. judging on it and stuff. This is just. But people are judging you too. That's oh, that's crazy. that's the thing. Is like. If you could, if you can hold your own in a cipher, like competitions, competitions gonna come, gonna come later. People have to learn the cipher first, and then in the cipher you get scrutinized. I've seen people, I've seen people, you know, you know, it, it depends. You know, some people can hop in and and maybe they're a little beginner. It's like, you know, you, there's gonna be a respect or whatever, but. If you're going in there trying to call people out and you're whack, or you're just taking up too much time in the cipher, someone yeah. calls you out, like, dude, like you've been going in the cipher, like, you know, a lot of things can happen in in that cipher. That's uh, like what you were talking about with the checks and balances. Like, people aren't gonna let you get away with shit. Yeah. For the most part, you feel like that's that's the same if there's like a freestyle going on or of some of some sort like that. If <sighs> if someone like, what is the etiquette Whoa. if someone's going? The, that the, see, this too is the, long. This is the thing where I'm. I get kind of jealous of breaking, honestly, because like we used to rappers used to have scribble jam, where like f fucking a thousand rappers would descend on one venue, and there would be hundreds of ciphers going off, and then there was a, a, a competition for actual freestyling now too. Now I go on Instagram and I see like dudes posting quote unquote freestyle videos that are written over Drake beats. No shade to Drake because I love Drake, uh, but I was like just listening to Scorpion on the way here. The, yeah, perfect. Real heavy on that record lately. Uh, shout out! To I'm real late God. to it. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm. Uh, I'm late to Drake. You I've know, like I knew he had some good jams, and and people had told me, hey, yeah, like this is. This is not just a, a mainstream phenomenon. Like a lot of no, people, I feel like have oh yeah, he's got have the a lot of respect been, for him. I've been and, proselytizing um, for Drake for a while, and I don't know the last uh, these last few weeks specifically. I've just been going pretty heavy, specifically into fucking Scorpion, and that that it just gets me hyped, dude. Oh that, that yeah, makes me really happy to hear. I, I, I love um, that record, but um, yeah, go. So anyway, I mean. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe this relates to kind of what I mentioned earlier where you really can't fake the funk and breaking. Like, you're either dope or you're not. Hip-hop, I think, was that way for a very long time. And I think there were standards. I'm, I mean, I say hip-hop referencing the music. Obviously, breaking is one of the elements of hip-hop culture. But hip-hop music was like that for a long time, and rapping specifically was like that for a long time. And I think now it's interesting because the things that people are getting called out on have very little to do often with the actual content and a lot more to do with like what they say when they're not rapping in an interview or like what they what crime they committed or like what clothes they choose to wear, what they look like. Like it stopped being about the art form. And, you know, I wish I'm I because 
again, as an outsider going to a jam, yeah, people battle and like there is some, no one can deny that that's real competition and people really want to win. But the breaking community and I like is so much more cohesive. Like you can battle and, and, um, you know, like diss someone, like literally like grab your dick in their face while you're, while you're break, break battling against them. Like <laughs> yeah. Physically grab. That's like, a burn. F- yeah. Burn. Sorry. Not yeah. this a burn, but like there's so much like machismo and fucking like just adrenaline to like breaking where you're like burning each other and doing all this shit. And then at the end, everyone just goes out and gets faded together. And yeah. I don't think, I think fights and shit do happen occasionally, but not like rap. Like, not like that. Yeah. You go to like a rap battle and like, it's not even <laughs> sometimes about the art of rapping. It's just like, what is the most like disgusting thing that I can say about this dude and his family? Like, and it's usually not even freestyle. It's written. You know what I mean? So like to answer your question, I do try to kick white whack uh, uh, ooh, Freudian slip. I do try. To, <laughs> I do. I, it, I do try to kick whack dudes out of the cipher uh, when they because because generally what they do is they take too long. Like yeah, or they spit a written and it's like this is not like a chance for you to fucking practice your written shit. Like this isn't a showcase. No, it's not. Is- but people don't get that because they've been so uh desensitized to the whack shit in hip hop that like I hear people like, yo, I'm about to spit a freestyle and it's like clearly not off the top. Like and and that to me is and while I'm on the subject, fuck rapping over your own tracks, like with you that already have your vocals <laughs> on them too. I'm gonna turn this podcast into my laundry list of things <laughs> that I hate seeing rappers do. I'm turning into the old rap curmudgeon. Rap over beats, son. Yeah, I didn't come to hear you fucking a listening party for your album with you singing karaoke over it. I want to hear people <laughs> rap. You know, um, no, I that, th- that's how you true really though. Feel about it. I mean, that's true. I I think the checks and balances do are pretty similar still because if somebody can go in and do a complete set that they written like even in breaking their sets, you can see it. You're like, bro, that's because you can tell when someone's going raw in, in a cypher, whether it's, you know, someone putting up a, a throwy or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? You can tell what's raw and someone's like really like faking the funk or playing themselves. Well, you know, when you when you see a dude do a set at a at a jam six months ago and then he comes back and does the exact same set to, and it wasn't even on music right and it's yeah he's not on beat like at all like he's just doing the same shit it's like dude don't yeah yeah for real yeah i don't i um but jams are sick though you <laughs> you you got to come out man there's gonna be there's gonna be a dope ass jam coming up in eugene what is that? The eighteenth, May eighteenth. I think there's a lot of there's a jam coming up this weekend. The Northwest Sweet Sixteen. It's real short notice, but that's uh that's gonna be huge. It's we're gonna, we're be, gonna be playing hockey, unfortunately. Yeah, they're gonna well, be at, they're gonna be at the game trying to you know get get the stats up, which I respect. Hey, it's a battle of our own. Um, the yeah. one thing that's been explained to me, this is not an original idea, uh, and I think maybe it was Merck that 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 explained this to me, was way more so than in any other element of hip hop. Um, like the, the reason that the breaking community is so strong is because they need each other. Like I can lock myself in a, in my room for like the next five years and just write shit and put it out on the internet and maybe people will fuck with it and maybe they won't. Or like same thing with producing beats or if you're just like, like a lot of graffiti writers have crews and they battle, yeah. but that's like a whole different thing. Like that's not on some fun shit. Usually it's on some like, I want to kill you type shit. Yeah. Um, but like breakers need each other. Like if Merck, 
just goes and dances by himself every single day like eventually that's going to get boring yeah and it's not going to bring the flavor out like you go to these jams and you can tell like i've seen so many of my homies that break like ciphering even amongst just their crews or just like friends that they have and then to go somewhere like when we went to freestyle sessions and we were meeting heads from like all over the u.s and internationally and like you were saying everyone had their different style and you want to share that part of your language of the game with with other places so like breakers really need each other way more than mcs need other mcs or or whatever graffiti writers need other graffiti writers i think breaking and graffiti are probably the strongest like community wise because it seems like the competition in hip-hop isn't necessarily for like who's better but like for who's getting the better shows and the better whatever like it's it's more about like in my opinion it's a little more fake on the music side of things because music is so subjective and the music industry is already shady as fuck and there's already so many like smoke and mirrors to it but like you need someone right there to battle unless you're looking in the mirror you can't battle yourself you know what i mean like you it's crazy it's and and really it's like i think it's the exchange Somebody somebody broke it down to me like when you battle someone or it's an exchange because you're exchanging rounds because we both take a turn, go in the circle, you know, do our do our thing and then somebody else goes. But it's like you basically give this person presence and through all your hard work, which is your training, is how you save up that money to buy that buy those presents. Right. So you're exchanging gifts. I'm like dropping a gem for you, and and then it's because I respect you though, like it because I'm not gonna drop a gem on some cat that's whack, right? There's no you don't. I'm gonna have smoke to, you real quick. You don't have to offer any group. But like, now greatness. I have to go. I have to go super hard if I'm going against somebody that I know is gonna bring it, and and you know like a lot of that is like I think it's it really comes down to respect, and it really comes down to just. Our culture really, the underground culture and the culture in general just still really cares about, um, you know, others' well-being. At least in Portland, I can't speak for every city, but here it's like our cipher culture and like how we share at practice and like, you know, just, you know, share that energy, you know what I mean? The vibe. But it's it's similar, man, because we met met so many heads from all over the place. You know, and going to freestyle sessions was an eye-opener for me. I mean, it was. I've been to a lot of regional. I've been to a lot of city jams. I, I'm a fan of breaking. I can't, I can't, I can't break. Like, the homies have tried to teach me some shit, and that, that's just not my game. But um, I've been a fan for a long time, and, I, and I've been someone who's really tried to appreciate and learn about the culture of breaking. And so for me to go to freestyle sessions in LA, which is like one of the largest, most respected. Damn, jams, that's that was a good year, bro. That was a good year. Uh, Gosh. To go experience that was really cool. I kept hoping a rap cipher would jump off, but I couldn't. No one was wanting to rap, which it makes sense, but it's okay. Um, I think they had DJ sets that year, and Cool Herc and them were doing it because they usually have some rap stuff. I wonder if they did that year, but I... Merck said, you want to go to freestyle sessions? I was like, hell yeah, I'm about to go chop. And then I got there, and it was a dance battle, and I was like, what the fuck? Weren't we chopping in the parking lot a little bit? Not really. Not really. <laughs> like, I wanted to, and you're like, nah. Like, cats were... Like, you were like, Fox raps, and everyone was like, oh, that's dope, man. Where can I hear you? See, music? bro, you're in. As soon as they're like, oh, shit, he's with the shits. Yeah. Boom. 
my SoundCloud plays don't reflect that sentiment. It's all good. But Merck did. It's all good. Hey, Merck, you know, has been uh, an ambassador to this culture for me. You know, it's within hip hop culture, so you see the threads. Like I understand. Like a lot of it is very similar to rapping and to graffiti and stuff like that, which are both things that I really like. But um, it's cool to see that manifested in a different art form. Like it's it's still so hip hop, it's, it's still so familiar, but it's like a different brand. It's like meeting your cousin from like the East Coast. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? True. Like that you never met before, and you're like, oh, you're kind of like me, but you're also. But really you like different. clam chowder a lot. <laughs> yeah, you like clam. You have a funny <laughs> accent. Had you? Before uh, meeting Merck, did you know any anybody else in that community ever? Like, did yeah? Is that something you saw at other hip hop shows and whatnot throughout the years? Uh, unfortunately, um, not a lot of rappers are like bringing breakers out. Like, shout out actually Macklemore. I know Macklemore gets a lot of like hate. <laughs> Yo, but like, but Macklemore, like Macklemore, Macklemore brought like massive monkeys on tour with him, right? Yeah. So like, and he was pushing his. T- <laughs> Yo, I had some people around the Washington area have been telling me like they know homie Ben is his his government. Sorry, I had to put your government out there. Macklemore. Macklemore. Yeah. Ben. His name but is they, Ben. But they knew Ben from back in the day. He used to sell tapes out the trunk at jams, at b-boy jams, and he was like, I guess, really pushing. I'm like, yo, I can't hate on that. No, he he gets like a lot of, I mean, because obviously with the shit with Kendrick and the Grammy, he gets a, and a variety of other things. like A lot of things. And just like, shop thing. He, he did like, some of the more pop traps tracks were like a little cornball, but I think like Macklemore can rap, and he has been uh, a staple in the Northwest, like, can't forget Ryan Lewis too. Can't forget. I can't forget. I can't forget Spokane's Ryan. Spokane's very young. Yep, for sure. So, uh, who I went to middle school with, and when he was all, and he, and I saw how hard he grinded. No back way. Then. Yeah. You went to middle school with Ryan Lewis? Uh, you know that shit. I told you that shit, bro. What? <laughs> Maybe I forgot. Dude. Yeah, I went to. I used to uh, kick it with Ryan pretty tough back in the middle school days. He's a good dude from, or at least he was a good kid in middle school. I don't <laughs> know him now. Big up R L. But. Uh, <laughs> But no, he but he was always putting in work. Like back then, making music, it wasn't hip hop necessarily. But he was always putting in work, and he was always very driven. And so I think the same with Macklemore. Like when I was going, I went to college at Evergreen, and Macklemore used to rap at like house parties when I was going to college. Like he was kind of on and bubbling a little bit, but he would still come down and play like hip hop congress house parties and stuff like that. So I know Macklemore isn't just some, you know fucking snake that came out of the shadows and won a grammy and and you know he snubbed made... he snubbed kendrick on that grammy that's that's the big one but to answer your question like uh actually i it was in college where i started meeting breakers my homie uh keys um was big into breaking and had a crew in olympia um, big up ice yeah he used to go by ice um or i guess he still does in the breaking world but um something i don't know what his alias who knows. is now anyways that's kind of how I started to get exposed to breaking through him. And that's how I met Merck um, and a lot of the other homies. And then um, when we all moved out here, obviously linking up with the Portland heads and stuff like that. And then also through Morpheus Youth Project, our homie Carlos has really been supportive of the breaking community. And so being involved with that, I've, you know, I've been able to have the opportunity to like do some live graffiti stuff at like some of Merck's jams and stuff like that. So New birth I, nine year. I think the real ones, honestly, whether you're like if you love hip hop, even if you don't, even if you're like not involved directly in making 
hip hop, like as long as you participate in the culture as someone who loves it, the the real ones really are drawn to each other and have a great deal of respect for each other. You know, that's why someone like me can be uh, such a fan of breaking. Or Merck, who I would say doesn't really rap, although he did win a battle in the Tri-Cities at a... I won a rap battle he did. last year. <laughs> it was the first time. I'm proud of that. The first and only time you've you've battled in like a organized way. I have, I have no... I end up losing the, the break battle top eight with my boy Juan. Sorry, Juan. It was a two-on-two. Um, and I, I was like, I was pretty bummed and I went outside and they were like in the Tri-Cities, this was in the Tri-Cities area and they're like, Hey, there's a rap battle for $300. I was like, damn, man, we drove all the way out here. Everybody's telling me to rap. I've been hitting the pen for the whole past hour. I just hop on and I don't know. It just started happening. (laughs) Man, he was just spitting my shit that I wrote, honestly. Word. Just kidding. He wasn't. He was off the Word. top. Of it. It, was, it was pretty dope. I wish I would have been there, man. I would have swooped in. And uh, where, where were you at, though? I think I was probably in <laughs> Portland working. There you go. So you've been, are you, Merck, have you been showing up to like hip hop shows in Portland for a long time just to to dance a little bit? Dude, honestly, I heard, man, when I remember Fox was going around with Two Planets. Big up Two Planets, one of the dopest bands, too. Like R.I.P. No, R.I.P. No, no cap. Uh, um, I mean, you come on. Come that's on, when man. I first saw you. It was that's, like a two planet. Ba- yeah, around there, back in the day at the Basil Bar, man, like shit, like that, like one of the rawest, like that. That was like a real session. Fools were jumping on the keyboard. People were switching. Like you know what I mean? That was a crazy jam. Jumping going on, on jumping on bass. I was breaking. People were rapping. Fox chopping it up, man. Like that shit. Like I and, and somehow. Somehow I got in because I was his, a, a, a big fan. Yeah, low-key big... Merck was underage, but he still got in. I mean, I finesse. I don't I got think him. the statute of limitations. Uh, hey, the, the, uh, I think, all, I think you're all set. I don't even, think anybody is. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, like, I don't think so anybody's fan. auditing this podcast. I know the feds are watching Dan Cable, man. For, yeah. for fucking dirt. <laughs> um, but no, that, that that's when I really saw like the dope hip-hop community here and like just seeing like live local artists that had like so much skills it impressed me a lot yeah dude the the other day i was uh i had a friend in town and we were cruising down alberta i was like hey man that's where we went to that hip-hop show that night and it was your album release for fantastic mr fox i had i told told this dude to come out to this and and you were there and and you you ended up breaking that night and he's just like dude that was the craziest shit he's like that night that dude breakdance. Oh, he fucking dude. spun on his head, dude. He was like, and he was like so animated about it, dude. My buddy Chris was just like, he was so fucking like stoked about it, you know. Like he was just like, I've never seen anything like that, dude. Like I've never seen that in person, and you know. So I don't know. It's just, it's just, it was just really dope that he he had so that cool. reaction Fuck. to it, and like that was the amongst like the music because he was super impressed by that too. Yeah, because I think the prize maybe played yeah. that night, yeah, yeah, so it was did. like the prize and Fox's album release. So it was just really solid, and it was just a good night. It was a it good was a turnout dope, that night, time. and um, but yeah, you broke dance that you you fucking got down, and and he he was just like, dude, that was fucking wild. Like I, I thought about that like the other that, day. I'm like, do people just think I'm crazy? That space, like, you know? Yeah, 
like sometimes I think about it, I'm like, cause like this shit's not normal. Sometimes we're at 24 hour fitness and people are looking at us like we're crazy. Cause like they're coming in to like grab like weights. Some of them like really enjoy it, but then some of them I can tell like, they're like, dude, are these guys going to like hurt themselves or something? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird. Like hearing people's reactions, seeing breaking. Cause it's, it's this weird thing where when you're breaking, you can't really see yourself. You know what I mean? It's like this different visual, like understand. It's like this understanding of your body and like just the interaction with the crowd. But it's cool to get that reaction from people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. I would imagine it's it's just like all encapsulating, and so, you had to. So and it's just like you're you're just in this different mode when when you're in that shit. You know. That was at a Fox show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Plug. Um, that's the plug. Thanks, man. Thanks. I think I'm going to change my name, but I'm not telling people what it is yet. I told Dan. Man, the underground people know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, shit, man. We, this isn't about me. Let's not make this about <laughs> me. Because uh, don't get me started. But I was breaking there. Uh, I, I I was breaking there. No, but um, as far as like the rounds and shit, is that something you have premeditated? What you're going to do each round against somebody? It's really interesting. Or is it really fucking change? depending upon what that person brings to the table is it is it super dependent upon that at first when you start learning breaking it is about that you got to make a set set usually is top rock dancing up you know just on two feet and then there's a transition going down into footwork right so usually a knee drop onto the ground and then footwork which is like um basically dancing on the ground in a circle or different shapes. And then a f- maybe you'll do a power move. Like maybe you'll do a backspin and then a freeze. That's like the basic formula. But now it just became more about music. Cause now that I'm sessioning more and more and like 13 years in, like I feel like I just started breaking because I understand like, you know, more things that I have to learn about the dance and how, how my round should go. So music, is number one, you know, if 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 a James Brown song pops up and you know, you know, you're, I, I gotta be, I gotta be on that guitar, you know, I gotta be on that bass, like, and then I gotta go in and then kind of just let it take over, kind of let it take over. But I think that's why training is so important because I want to do what I do at session, as comfortable as I am when I practice and just feeling it. At a at a battle, I I want to do the same thing, convey the same energy. Yeah, and like when you're battling, is it is it always just like a random song, or is it what you? It's brought always to the ta- no. Like, See, that's the cool a, thing too. It's always free. It, it's always freestyle in the sense that you don't pick you, your song at all. Okay. Fuck. So you can't really prepare in but, that sense. Yeah. You not, I mean, you can because you know we we break to a lot of the music they play to, but there's certain DJs that have signatures that maybe are only in their mixes or maybe a really rare funk gem that no one's ever heard and we're like, what the fuck is this, you know? Yeah. Or like a, a Nas record that that was like, like, dude, they never play that at the jam. You there, know? There's a lot of standards. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but but a lot of it too is like. I think it's super cool because I get to be a part of all this hip hop. If they drop a big L beat and I'm breaking to it, I just became a part of 
Big L's hip hop, you know what I mean? Like his discography right there or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I like to be a part of that music is like everything. So and, and you're still keeping it alive and relevant in that sense that's, too. It's super like in cool. 2019, Big L died in what, 98? That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like you like 21 years later, you're still keeping that shit like really fresh classic. and alive. Yeah, classic. Are you just like preparing by listening to stuff that's like at all tempos then? To, to, get, to like get good at shit? At all tempos, for sure. You know, a lot of battle breaks are a, a lot faster tempo because it's such an intense moment. But at all tempos, just to con for your body control and uh, pacing is big because you don't want to be just sprinting the whole time too. That's what I had to learn later was you don't have to go 100 miles an hour, you know? I don't have to use like three machine guns on you. I got one grenade and it's effective, you know? So I had to learn that later, you know, as, as sort of just an, an analogy to like an effective round in a battle. So I had to learn all these things through just fucking trial and error and losing a bunch and you know what I mean? Just all that stuff. Yeah. And, and like as you got more comfortable with it, is that when you're like able to kind of introduce more like improv into it, into some, like yeah, some some round by round stuff? Yeah, for opposed sure. Opposed to just going with like a predetermined set, like you were talking about. Some people think of it like predetermined sets. Some people write down all their moves and they they have they organize lists for for battles, which I think is a really intelligent way of thinking. Um, personally, myself, it's a lot more vibe and freestyle, and my crew is like that too. A lot more like just coming in and you know there is a lot of improv it's kind of like drama in a way because you know like you said you know i can come up and grab my crotch or i'm doing windmills grabbing my crotch you know i get out i i, I grab your head and I, I you know knee it into the moon yeah. you know what i mean like it takes some animation you know so there's a lot of influences you know from all the greats in everything, just Charlie Chaplin's of the world, you know what I mean, to the Jackie Chan's of the world and everywhere in between. So it becomes this cool, like, drama. Yeah, it's like a very much a performance art, too. It's not just, like, you understand the fact that, like, it is about you and that other person that you're battling, but, like, you put on this performance that right. you, you, you almost are, like, playing a character of this like fucking superhero that can't be hurt that like is exactly. just you know what i mean like that just came to destroy and like it's very um it, it is a really interesting thing man it's like it's like peacocking at its fullest you know what i mean because like you know you don't just wake up in the morning when you have a battle and you're like oh i'm gonna throw on whatever you know what i mean you know what you're about to wear to that battle like you've thought about it you know, depending on where that battle is, like if you're going to Seattle, you might rock some blazer shit to put on for the city or whatever. You know, have to. You might rock some junk telly shit if you're trying to get super, super have wavy to. with it. You know, um, but it's it's so intentional and there's so much preparation that goes into it beforehand. And then the interesting thing is, then when you get to that moment where you're actually dancing, it's like all that preparation. Hopefully, I think ideally shouldn't be on your mind and, and you're in the moment and you're flowing and that's the beauty that we as observers get to see and it's so easy for us to watch it but when you get to know people that 
like any other art form or passion that are dedicated to it and you see the amount of work that they put in put in you realize like this isn't just some dudes fucking rolling around on the floor and like dancing that this is people literally dedicate their entire lives to this and to see my friend you know come home from work every single day and whether you know he had a good day or a shitty day or it's raining outside or it's sunny or he's tired or has energy literally every single day going to to session like that goes beyond an art form that's getting to be the point where you want to be a master craftsman at something you you are dedicating your life to this so that you can share this thing that you love with the people that you love and care about and you can share it with the world you know so it, it's it's so much deeper than people realize when they see someone get down like it's an all-encompassing culture and uh it creates families and it creates so many uh it's a chain reaction of positivity because you could be out just doing some bullshit like you know you could be fucking sitting on the couch playing playstation for 12 hours every day after you get home or whatever but like you're choosing no matter what to force yourself to be dedicated to this craft you know hard work easy yeah, everything man. it's because i really i mean it's because i really fucking love it too like i feel like if i didn't then i wouldn't yeah i mean that's you know, why you dedicate so much to it's it just so it's awesome because i was imagining it's like yeah. it's it's a labor of love yeah in some in some ways but also it's uh yeah man i, I think that's that's rad how committed you are to it because obviously you know as you as you do get older you gotta fucking start like really thinking about the fitness end of it i would think fuck so much diet stretching yeah because you gotta be able to you gotta be able to move yeah that's like that's another thing is like it's became such a teacher for me too like through breaking like i had to learn about my body had to learn how to like heal myself you know like you said you know as as you're aging too like i'm 24 i found out there's 24 bones in the spine because i had some back pain (laughs) <laughs> but uh so so it's you know and, and 24 hours in the day for me to to keep you know working at myself to to be better because uh you know you got to take care of yourself and in order to continue moving and breaking and i want to do this for as long as i can there's people i know pull one uh you know profile one these guys are you know, older than me, way older than me. I'm not going to drop anyone's age. Storm, you know, you know, Storm, all these guys, like, doing this, you know, my father's age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, I had to give him a ballpark. <laughs> but still, still breaking. I saw Crazy Legs get down in L.A. in January. And this, you know, he's been breaking since the 70s. You know yeah. what I mean? That's crazy. And it's probably like anything else where, like, uh, you know, I don't know. People people don't like Tom Brady, but like can't deny he's a goat. But like, d- does he go as hard as he went when he was, you know, playing quarterback in college? You he know, might go probably not. not. Like, who knows? You, you uh, what'd you say? I said he might even go harder. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe he does. <laughs> but but uh, but you know that nutrition co- becomes becomes a factor, and then you have to be smarter about your moves. But I also think. The longer you practice an art, it becomes less about your 
maybe less about like you you have such a mastery of that art form that it's maybe it's maybe more effortless in a sense yeah like you've you know what you're capable of doing and i could probably watch po one just top rock all day and be better than like half oh so like so i you could watch po, po one top rock and it's more fluid and artistic than like the illest power moves for like a 19 year old that's just doing backflip after backflip or whatever like you know what i mean it's, right it's that understanding because you because you, you understand it after you've seen it so yeah much. and it's the artistry like you 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 know that this is i mean i can't backflip i can't do a flare i can't do shit like but where, where is the artistry like how are you flipping it right? yeah and making it your own thing you know what i mean like it's sort of like i know a million people that can spit a 16 and i'm i've gotten jaded so like half the time i'm just like Psha! you yeah. know but like i can hear a fucking homeless dude on the street spit a 16 sometimes and if he does it in a certain way where like i think wow wow you know like here's someone who understands the art and is making it about the art and not about the image or the clout or the girls or the whatever, you know, they've transcended the art form itself. They're, they're using it as a medium to express their soul at that point in time. So, you know, when people are being real with it and when people are just putting on whatever, you know, For sure. puffing out their chest. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That shit's all like very mind blowing to me. Just the, the. No, nah, it's 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 dope. Like, cause like, so you you what did you see any other movies or did you just no? Watch I just the watched whole? like I watched some of the For, the Planet B Boy. Oh okay. I didn't I didn't even watch the whole thing. I watched some of it just. To, it's cool. To it's like, it, that's a little. It's a little dated now. Just because yeah. Breaking moves so fast. Yeah, it looks. But, but, but it it's looks a great representation of Battle of the Year. Shitty, but like it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it seemed to represent like how important it is worldwide, like how many countries go really heavy for breaking and the competition. Yeah. Like they were showing like all the German footage <laughs> and all the European people oh, that man. are like really heavy me. into it, you know? And, uh, it, it was just, it was just kind of mind blowing to see like that, that worldwide appreciation for it. But yeah, there's no language barrier. Yeah. It's the craziest thing is like, and these people like, Gosh, people in other countries right now are fucking destroying it with styles that we've never even seen. Like, you know, I take a lot of pride from all the B-boys that come from the U.S. too in my area. But just my admiration for what I see as far as like B-boys from Europe, Asia, worldwide, Africa. Dude, they're changing the game right now and people are going really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you keep up like on all that stuff regularly is there is there stuff that you tap into or you you like looking at blogs and shit about what's going on in, in the b-boy community or or is it just there's a lot of it right now for sure i i uh i personally like like a lot of old school footage so i watch like people that can like that curate these videos of like these old school b-boys that no one's 
like some people may have never heard of or even people I've never heard of from other countries and just like old footage like on VHS it's all grainy or maybe it's like something's messed up with the footage but it's awesome and like I love watching that just to see like we're not doing anything new really people are like doing people are like innovating and showing it to people more now like we're not really doing anything new we're just putting our twist on it like all this shit's been done and there's so much other footage of even like kung fu footage of people that and it looks like they're breaking yeah i mean that was that was another thing that that comes up in that documentary like the influence of of kung fu on break dancing seems like it's another large part of the culture and i think it kind of just goes back into what fox was talking about with just the intent of of this whole thing that you you dedicate your life to this thing to become a master of it it seems like there's parallels there between those things between the kung fu and the yeah my, my the break dancing the b-boy dude community. yeah my thoughts on it were were pretty crazy because ken swift actually told me like a lot of footage that he watched um back in the day there wasn't any breaking footage so the first time kids back in the day saw breaking wasn't how i saw it you know they saw it in kung fu flicks you know and how how you know how they would look intimidating in battles or you know whatever like the mad mugsy the i'm doing a face right now <laughs> the mugsy and and like how that's portrayed you know and like there's a lot of crazy influence from the world that that dramatically in affect our breaking whether we know it or not like flash dance that's crazy too. Yeah, is Flash that a Dance movie you've crazy. seen some sometimes? Fuck, dude. Have you ever dude, seen that movie? Oh my god, dude! That that clip of them breaking brought it to the world, basically, of Rocksteady Crew yeah. breaking, and and that's fuck, dude. That's that was a really fun or like, I I think that was like the most historic time in New York for art, because like if you think about like the Roxy where the Rocksteady was hanging out. Madonna was there, Keith Haring was there, Andy Warhol was around, like, you know, like, there's so many influences in art and breaking and vice versa and at, at the time in hip-hop, yeah. you know what I mean? Just bringing it to the mainstream For real. a bit more, like, other people that weren't tapped into the hip-hop scene of that time, finding out about it because of that movie. So crazy. <laughs> is there, is there some, like, essential b-boy hip-hop albums is that a part of the Ooh. culture or is that like very subjective to different groups or or regions dude you know what i personally i think you don't have a classic hip-hop record unless the b-boys play it or unless the you know the b-boys want to break to it like if you think about any d dope hip hop album right now, it would probably fit what breakers would want to break to. Cause a lot of that is like imagery to storytelling. You know, there's a lot of, uh, to be a great MC, you have to, you know, have good storytelling and in breaking it's, it's similar. Like how do I convey his lyrics through my movements right now? Yeah. So do you have, do you have like go-to records Damn, man, ones that so get, get you like super fired oh, up so or put you in a mood to work on particular things? Gangstar. Any particular record, or just yeah, all of it? All of it. The Mass Appeal, Full Clip. Does uh, Does Paul's Boutique make it into your mix ever? Uh, what? The Beastie Boys. Dude, Beastie Boys. Oh my God. See, you're pulling up records. I like see, you. You see, you're you're in the culture and you don't even know it. Well, man. I, I just like that's crazy. I just know that the Beastie Boys were 
also brass part monkey of like <laughs> kind of kind of some of that that early eight you know 80s culture that's what i'm saying they're legends and and that was kind of their jam like that paul's boutique record is seems like it's it's it would be like break breaker gold you know i'm saying like that's what i was saying too by the hip-hop shit isn't like exclusive to one race because like dude the beastie boys you kidding me there's we're still playing i'm still getting down to that they're playing brass monkey what's the other one the check it out check 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 man that's all fire that catalog the beastie boys catalog is insane dude it's it's uh, one of the most dynamic things that exists it's it's really on some some beatles level shit i think like as far as their collection of tunes and how different each record is from one another and the respect that they have in the scene influence i mean everything get it together with q-tip dude is is unreal um i don't know they just seem to they they seem to have the respect of the culture and then like you know i diggable planets something like that yeah like just like funky stuff like and like some of these tracks too, like the the dope DJs will play play tracks that B boys want to hear, and then some of these tracks are really rare. Like you you won't hear that at a jam too often now. The music def- definitely shifts by DJ or area or you know, you know, like you said, you know, some there might be a track that's super, like if it's like uh, what's that? But like you know, Brownout the band. There's like Texas. They're from like Texas. That's like super funky stuff. But you know, in the South, they might play that more. And up here, you know, we might play, you know, some other, some other funk yeah. that we're more accustomed to. You know, is that exciting to you when you when you show up somewhere and all of a sudden they're playing something you've never heard before? Yeah, for sure. And and because they play it, and because the DJ t- like to even spin a b boy jam, you, your DJ has to be on point. He has to, you know drop a song scratch in a song blend it in you know into a battle like you're you're changing songs in a battle like you can't stop right now like this is a battle so it'll be like and they drop a track man that would get me going if they drop fucking if they drop gangstar if they drop you know nas something that's like really yeah. in your wheelhouse something that you you love yeah. it's just gonna maybe there's a gunshot in the beginning maybe there's a gunshot in the beginning <laughs> or, or or I, I i know when the gunshot comes in you know and i, I can get animated it's, it's super dope um what is it what is like your participation within all this at, at like at this point in your life are you are you still like on a, in a crew that is competing regularly or are you just showing up to to jams mostly well i'm still representing new birth crew birth boys lane middle school is where we started um you know throughout high school built real heavy and right now man i think we're basically just trying to go in as hard as we can right now got got some really inspiring young guys too that are like going ham right now traveling um right now i'm i'm trying to battle as much as i can i've been sessioning as much as i can and uh just trying to be the best that i can be really um northwest sweet 16 on saturday me and tombo tombo and i you know i want to be proper on the dan cable podcast (laughs) but tombo and i are going to be battling in the two-on-two 
there's a two and two battle and it's like one of the biggest two and twos of the year it's going to be in seattle this saturday so will you each do three rounds in that type of thing or like how does the two on two it depends because they could be like two rounds each b-boy okay so that'd be four rounds aside yeah or maybe you know and then it might it might gradually become more rounds as you get to the finals it might be like end up as five rounds were there is there ever an instance where you're performing at the same time like as a duo if we were to do routines or commandos which is uh basically a routine where we switch where it's like let's say he slides out and i okay. head slide in or something yeah that's a commando routine basically a routine would be you know both of us doing something and then maybe i make an entrance or something but we we got we got some of that worked out too okay but it's real strategic too because routines could either help you or hurt you like sometimes you do routine they're like oh they don't think they have enough so that they have to pull out routines you know what i mean yeah absolutely but it could be a power move too like first round routine or you know first round you you let them go and your response is a routine to to something you know but it has to make sense too it can't just be like a routine and i go and it has to be dramatic like <laughs> it has to be there has to be a point <laughs> and you you mentioned you're doing some teaching with all this too now man i mean i want to teach more honestly i used to teach a lot uh right now it's just at at a session I'll teach anybody that wants to learn, really. Um, I think it's cool because you, you're always kind of teacher and a student because there's always going to be someone that knows more than you and then someone that may not know as much. So you have to be that lending hand but always learn and kind of like reaching and, and bringing that knowledge down to the next generation. For sure. What... what uh where do you think your passion for all this comes from, man? Like to wrap to wrap this this uh this thing up. Like what like where does your drive come from to to keep doing this kind of every day and make it a big part of your life? Uh, mostly just it's, it just sounds cliche as fuck. I keep repeating it, but I just fucking love it, dude. Like really, it really comes down to you know it's it's helping me be aware of you know, my identity and sort of, you know, where I want to go in life. Um, B-Boy Remind told me it's breaking as a conscious movement because it makes you conscious of your movements. So, like, I think it's it, it, when you break it down to, like, breaking, understanding, you know, how, how your body works, how, you know, you feel at your best, you start reading the signs and, you know, it becomes kind of like my teacher, my you know, fitness plan, my, you know, now I have to learn to be my own doctor, <laughs> you know what I mean? And all this and juggle all of this and, and then how I interact with people, you know? So it's, it's just my teacher and, you know, just like a blessing and a curse. Cause you know, I might injure myself, but I bounce back. Yeah. It's just this, this ultimate yeah. dedication of a lifestyle and whatnot. Something, For sure. Some, uh, seems like it's taught you a lot. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, it's kind of like, I kind of feel like I'm going to college for it. <laughs> Getting an education. Exactly. Um, how do people get involved, like in the, if local Portland 
b-boy scene if they're if they're curious after uh, listening on to this conversation or something like that new birth crew on facebook uh at birth boys with a z birth like your mama gave birth to you and um on ig on ig i'll, Sorry. Put, a, I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can um some keep keep yeah. track and whatnot yeah hit us up you know gotta gotta crew that's doing everything it can so that we can represent Portland. We've got like 19 members deep. So don't even try to step. <laughs> Unless you're ready. <laughs> um, dope, dude. I, appreci- yeah, dude. I appreciate you uh, jumping on the mics and, and kind of, you know, educating me a bit about the uh, the B-Boy community and, and I appreciate your your hustle with it and just your your passion for it and getting to observe it is is very cool and, and and a unique experience for me for sure so yeah thanks man and thank you fox for you know stepping with the session too yeah you yeah. know everybody subscribe to dan cable hey, hey uh <clears throat> real quick i gotta shout out the uh the ogs you know i gotta shout out tombo i gotta shout out motorman i gotta Big shout guy. out 100 the, um, the squad you know trunks i gotta shout out little j ben q yep (laughs) um big john ice ninja jbn martino foo rock setting the record for most shout outs potentially it's a whole crew it's it's all it's all new birth crew it's It's all good jw and and not in new birth but i do got a shout out fish boogie real quick big up he's going as magic sean now oh shit my bad my it's bad. cool my bad, he's sean. got many aliases that's how you know you made it dan cable aka the moose you know another alias oh. this is this is me this is me getting my b-boy <laughs> cred right here shouting out some b-boys um i know you're wrapping up the podcast but one other thing i want to mention and it's not just because i love the sound of my own voice uh <laughs> is actually that when I think about traditional team sports, the position that is most like breaking out of all team sports is ice hockey goalie. Oh, okay. Because of the acrobat. No, I'm serious. Merck, Merck, you know, Merck, not to put him on blast, but he's never been to a Pinecones game. Damn, um, dude. Damn, Merck. Yeah, so. I was at the Pinecones night, though. I was at the. He did go to the Pinecones fundraiser, and it, he did. Yeah, that was good. I wasn't uh, even at that shit. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, Fuck. But no, you should see Dan get down, man, on the ice. Like, he, it almost looks like he's doing, like, some footwork shit sometimes. Yeah, the little go down. Yeah, he, shit, man, bro. he does some crazy acrobatic shit to make some saves. And we need him, man. Cause, you know, like, I don't know. Playing goalie is, is a wild thing. Yeah. And sometimes I do some shit that I didn't know that I could. It, and, you should uh, see how it looks from my perspective when you do that shit, bro. It looks crazy. That's dope. It looks really dope. We need to get some some video out there, some high quality video. I need to strap the GoPro to the mask. I got a GoPro, man. You can use um, it. But yeah, dude, and check out Fox. You got to check out this dude. This dude's got records to check out. Um, they might all be off the internet soon. I Two might, Planets I might is like a. I feel like a Portland treasure though, and there's a lot of people who uh, really, really fuck with that music here. So definitely like check out some Two Planets. I, I know that they're not super active these days, but the Two Planets know. records are available on the on the streaming services. So check that out, and you you, you find like the Fantastic Mr. Mr. Fox, which I think is a great record. Thank you. Yeah, it's on as band, well band as the one that, happened, sound the one that followed that. 
the most recent one. Fox Stradamus Volume 1. Really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, thank you. Always a fan of that. The so. 10, 10 to 27 was was the track is a track I really like. Oh, that's cool. Um I might uh do a little merge music purge here. I'm I'm not gonna go by Fox anymore. I'm I'm announcing it right now on the Dan Cable podcast. I'm not gonna this tell is you monumental. Be. Yeah. You I might understand. not even know it's me. Um I might I might do something sneaky so cause I because I have my own reasons, but let me just say um, those that do fuck with me and appreciate the music, I really appreciate you. And uh, we got some stuff cooking up for 2019. So and check out Jungle Television. Jungle Television. Uh, that's that's some stuff that I wear on the daily. Yeah, um, you can, usually I, I love all of all of like if there's anything. I don't know. Besides the music, dude, like the Jungle Television shit is is stuff I'm I'm very happy to wear around town Thank you. and and I outside of the city it. because I and I tell you all the time because I I just I just think you should know so you maybe extra extra fuel in the tank because I know it's not easy to keep all the creative endeavors going, especially the ones that don't necessarily always feed you, but. Uh, I just anytime I'm in some other city and I'm wearing Jungle Television stuff, somebody will will say something at least one person a day it's just like oh that's a great shirt where where is what is this and i'm just like oh it's, it's my buddy alex he's out out in portland you should check out jungle television it's a, it's just uh it seems to grab the attention of uh people of all age groups too which is well, interesting thank you but i really appreciate it. i'm cooking up some new junk telly designs too once i quit this job here in may uh i, I think i'm gonna have a i'm gonna i'm gonna be unstoppable but yes. um just know that just because you haven't been hearing from me doesn't mean that I haven't been working. I've been working really hard. So, any of you rappers out there that have been getting comfortable with your uh, guaranteed shows at certain venues in town and everything else, <laughs> you can have them. I'm uh, <laughs> you can actually have those. You can actually have those. I actually don't want them anymore. I used to want them, but I don't want them anymore. Now I have a different strategy, and you know, you might just see me on the cover of GQ here. <laughs> We're coming so. for your neck. <laughs> all summer 2019 oh, all summer 2019 ridiculous um i'll put it i'll put the links so people can follow like the jungle television thank you and whatnot and uh amongst all the other things that we talked about but uh Mark, this is dope i want to come Fuck i want to come out more and and see these uh you know what's happening these jams and whatnot because i think it's is really yeah. impressive and, and the physicality is is unreal to be able to throw your body around like that and use that as your your uh your instrument if you will is is uh i think very next level and you're always uh another incredibly kind person that i've i've come across just always uh, a warm feeling same that i get from this fella here and so that's also why we're sitting down doing this thing so likewise man much love it's an honor the moose the moose signing <laughs> off on moose. this episode uh moose. hey we're gonna play it out with some music because this is a music podcast primarily, and I want to I want to show love to a uh, a local artist here. Um, you know Jason Undefined. Yeah, yeah, he's super dope. Yeah, he's, he's a great uh, dude, and he he's always uh, I feel like he's somebody that's very supportive of the community, always trying to come out to shows, and I've seen him at uh, a lot of my events, which have been cool, mm -hmm. like especially anything. He, he's he's somebody I see a lot at like a Tribe Mars show. Yeah, for yeah, sure. And, and I always I always saw him behind the kind of behind the camera lens and working the videos and stuff like that. And I was like, and then of course you know, um, coming correct just as someone who's a, a pillar of the community 
and then he he dropped that album on us uh last year late last year i think it was yeah and those that knew he was he was he was coming correct obviously already knew and then those that didn't were like oh yeah another multi-talented individual yeah because i I just never seen him do any music like i still haven't seen him live yet and like uh, that's he's on my list yeah for sure to see because when he started dropping these singles and whatnot i was super impressed by it and uh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna play it out with a jam from him oh yeah and uh it's it's called golden hour and uh we end every episode merc with the the guests of the show saying it's a program and and we've already heard um one from fox a couple of times if not three at this point so we don't we don't really i don't think we 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 don't need need it we don't need one from him but if you want to give us the proper merc it's a program we can we can sail this thing out properly it's a program he nailed it dude he nailed it um we're playing it out with jason undefined this this track uh it features maddie g who's Madeline's like you know she's on she's on a lot of uh, local tracks here. Um, she she's part of the Some Aliens crew. Um, anyway, I know I know that she's uh, <laughs> she's done some stuff with Matt Randall, um, and a bunch of like West guy. She's on a bunch of tracks from around the city, and uh, she's she's featured on this one. It's called Golden Hour. It is uh, it's available on all the streaming services. So. Check out Golden Hour. Check out Jason Undefined and uh, all the links in the episode notes. That's the Jelly Jams. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. You're a cherry blossom in the springtime and the rain in the winter. A wave crashing on the coast for six through eight. And I can't wait to see how autumn changes your leaves. But who's to say I'll be around to see it when it's so hard for you to view it my way? Girl, I won't stray. Me and you forever. I promise it till the day I lay. Till the day I lay. Till the day I lay. Sun outside. Sun I had a dream about you last night We laid at Savi's, I was fiending for you last night Why aren't you calling? You're probably out with your friends Grooving, living your life But that's not what you want And that's not what you like You keep me right in your purse By your wallet and spirits Bet if I told you I love you You'd say that's nice And keep veering off in another direction I'm calling out, don't you hear me? My heart flutters for no one else Yet you still leave me lonely Why is that? Why is that? You're a cherry blossom in the springtime And the rain in the winter A wave crashing on the coast for six through eight and i can't wait to see how autumn changes your leaves but who's to say i'll be around to see it when it's so hard for you to do it my way girl i won't stray me and you forever i promise it till the day i lay 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 lay. you down to sleep
You're a cherry blossom in the springtime and the rain in the winter A wave crashing on the coast for six through eight And I can't wait to see how autumn changes your leaves But who's to say I'll be around to see it When it's so hard for you to do it my way Girl, I won't stray Me and you forever, I promise it till the day I lay down to sleep. I can see the sun outside, the sun outside. I can see the sun outside, the sun It's a program.